Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, fight fans? We welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the program. Uh, Last week, we were off. We're back. I am restocked and reloaded and ready to go as we gear up for what should be a final flurry of the summer boxing schedule. A little bit of a slow week coming up this weekend with uh, Matchroom bring up their fight camp again with Connor Ben uh, in the main event. PBC on Fox has a heavyweight card, uh, at least a heavyweight main event this weekend. Didn't get Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder last week. That allowed me to go down to Fenway Park to watch my Yankees lose three of four. But that's a story for another day. Joining us here on the program, longtime boxing writer and reporter Dan Raphael will weigh in on the Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant negotiations. According to some sources, uh, there was a hit, a little bit of a snag, as uh, it turns out that Canelo is now asking for some, uh, I would say, A-list or A-side demands. Uh, I ultimately think this fight gets made. Uh, as Dan will point out in this interview, this is how the sausage gets made. This is a negotiation. One side asks for something. The other side listens to the offer, comes back with one. We've seen this a million times in the boxing world. I want to see this fight. I want to see Canelo go for history. I want to see how he performs on pay-per-view. There's a lot at stake uh, for PBC and Fox. They want to try to bring in Canelo into their orbit, show them how this it could be with the with the Mayweather uh, you know, game plan or the Mayweather business side of things. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now between Canelo and Plant. Uh, that we want to uh, see this work out because the other side of things is, you know, who does Canelo really have to fight out there? He can fight a Bivol. He can fight a Triple G. Uh, he can maybe fight a better BF. Those are all uh, fun fights, but those are all down the line too that can happen. I want to see this Canelo versus Plant happen right now. So we'll get uh, Dan Rayfield's thoughts on that as well as Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. Without further ado, here he is, Dan Rayfield. Time to bring in our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live. You know him from World Boxing News, uh, Fight Freaks Unite newsletter. If you're not signed up, I don't know what you're waiting for. Dan Rayfield is here on a somewhat slow week. We have a few shows this week, nothing huge with the zone fight camp with uh, Connor Ben. And we have a PBC on Fox, Michael Coffey, I believe. Uh, not Gerald Washington, late replacement. Beetle Milnecki is also on that card, but a somewhat light week and a week that has now been dominated by Canelo Alvarez in the headlines. Uh, yes, that's how it works. If Canelo speaks or Canelo doesn't speak, it ends up in the news. But Dan Rayfield is here. Dan, I know it's a little hot for the fleece, but I know you always like to have it close by. The fans want to know. The there it is. It's here. It's here. There it. is the it's fleece. We don't need it in the summertime, right? No, but I went, and got, I went and got it out of the. Uh, I went and got it out of the closet just for you. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not like in like a vault. You don't have it in like in a special like Hall of Fame uh, case. And it's part nice, of your collection. Uh, nice, nice hanger in the closet. It's there like, you go. There you go. Let's get into it, Dan. Uh, busy time in the in the news world. Not so much with the fights. We're we're talking about uh, you know purse bids. We're talking about uh, heavyweight fights coming off, coming on. But now the latest thing is Canelo Alvarez. Uh, yesterday it was uh, put out there. 
by ESPN that the talks have hit a snag. And uh, yeah, that's from one reporter. I also talked to another noted member of the media saying, how can, how can this fight hit a snag when it wasn't even close to begin with? Now, where do you have this fight? And from your understanding, what's going on with the negotiations? Listen, the bottom line is this is the way it is with most major fights, particularly when they're cross-promotional or, uh, or you're dealing with somebody that may you're not, you know, he's not with PBC. So these are complicated deals to make. There's a lot at stake financially. There's a lot at stake in terms of uh, the network that's going to broadcast it or do it on a pay-per-view basis. And so, as I like to always say, when you get to this point in the discussions, you know, they're making the sausage. It's not always pretty. You hope that at the end you get the fight and it's awfully tasty, but right now they're making that sausage. And this is not in any way, shape or form in my experience, um, surprising in, in any manner. Uh, anybody that thought that it was going to take five minutes to make a fight of this magnitude, um, as some people led uh, the public to believe, were fooling themselves. These are complicated, difficult, uh, heart-wrenching fights to make sometimes. Mm. And uh, that's where we're at. So, you know, if you're going to report on every little detail, you know, that's cool. A lot of people are interested in that. But I think also people need to understand there's a larger picture and that what is going on right this minute, you know, could change, you know, 180 you know, 30 seconds later. Yeah, that could happen, right? As this podcast gets released, we can have a fight. We can have a different, uh, we can have a different opponent. But you guys are, you're part of, you're part of the media, Dan. You guys are in the, I mean, I am in this in a degree as well, but we're part of the, the content creation. We have to come up with stuff every week. Uh, you have to talk to different uh, journalists. You have to talk to different sources. And I think that over the last couple of months, and I think the Joshua uh, Fury fight being called off, uh, you know, where we were led to believe that it was going to happen, talking to, you know, listening to media members. I want to ask you this. Do you feel like, I feel like the boxing media right now, after that, it got burned pretty bad on, on, those, on that news. When it comes to your sources, when it comes to your, who you speak to, trusted uh, promoters, do you feel like that there is a, a lack of trust? Do you feel like you, you were burned on this? Do you feel like fight fans have a reason to not really trust boxing media right now? I don't feel like I was burned on Fury versus Wilder, uh, or Fury versus Joshua, rather, because most people involved on both sides truly didn't believe that the mediation was going to mess up the fight, that it was going to completely, uh, you know, not just mess it up, but completely eradicated from the from the schedule that at the worst case scenario that there would be a financial situation at, at play not that it would uh render the fight not happening so no i didn't feel misled i think that that genuinely people involved with that fight were just as shocked as everybody else that that the mediator uh ruled in the manner in which he did now i'm not going to quarrel with the mediator he's a very experienced person uh daniel weinstein a retired judge knows this boxing business he was the person that handled all the business that went down between top rank and golden boy promotions many years ago related to the Manny Pacquiao mm -hmm. contract. People remember at the time he had signed with top rank and then he signed another contract with golden boy It wound up in a bunch of lawsuits and he, you know, kind of maneuvered that, that minefield and he's been involved with other cases. So, you know, if he found a reason to do what he did, you know, I can't feel burned by it. Uh, I feel like the people that were, you know, doing the discussions publicly, um, you know, maybe should have tried to keep it maybe a little bit more private, but like take Eddie Hearn, for example, I think he thought he had a deal. I mean, he's the one that was handling the Joshua side. He was given representations by the top rank side. And, uh, 
and and it, it didn't work out. I mean, it's not the first big fight to fall apart. Maybe yeah. At magnitude, uh, but know, do you feel like that? There? Do you feel like that? Maybe like I'm seeing it from my point of view that fans are starting to starting to get a little upset with being either lied to or just like these fights are never going to happen. Like, who do we know to trust in the media? Like, who do we know is the sources are correct? I just feel like that kind of exposed a little bit of what's going on. Have you ever felt from a source where a source has told you one thing and it turned out not to be true? Do you ever call them up and say, come on, like, what the heck? You know, like, my integrity is on the line here. Look, I got 20 plus years in this business. If yeah. you've never been burned by a source, I wouldn't be doing my <laughs> So that has happened. And I have had those conversations. They're hard conversations to have. Uh, and I've had some, you know, some pretty, you know, nasty, gritty, you know, terrible uh, arguments and, and shouting matches and that sort of thing over the years. Now, not a lot, uh, not that common at all, but it does happen. And it's not a pretty sight. And it's one of those things that you learn to deal with as a journalist. And you, you know, sometimes in the end, you know, it, it brings the relationship between you and the source that may burn you. You'd think it would automatically disqualify that person from being a source in the future and it would ruin the uh, whatever relationship there was. But the reality is sometimes that situation, when, when, when decides calm down a little bit and maybe have a, a more uh, calm conversation, it brings you closer together. So mm -hmm. uh, I can say that that is without question happened to me, but I can't say, you know, I can count a few times in my experience uh, of covering professional boxing where that's happened, but it's not the rule. It's, it's more uncommon than anything. And uh, look, at the end of the day, all of us that cover this sport and write these types of stories and, and, and traffic and different news and information, you know, here's the, here's the dirty little secret. We all have the same sources, <laughs> the small, this is not, you know, if you're covering the NFL, right. Covering the NBA, you got, you know, 30, whatever general managers and all the coaches and all mm -hmm. the coaches and all the players and all their agents, that's hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, not to mention folks that work in the league offices. There's, there's vast majority. There's so many sources that could possibly, you know, float a story or this or that within boxing. It's a tiny little universe. You know, there's this, the promoter and the staff, there's, you know, the fighters, the management, the trainer, those type of things. You know, it's a very small universe of the people that. Really yeah, it's a small pond. It's a small pond in the boxing world. But the thing with the sources, and you said that sometimes you have these these uh, arguments, these tough uh, situations with these sources. The sources need you guys just as much as you need them to get that out into the media to, so the fans can react to the news. I think that does play a, a role in it too. But getting back to these plant negotiations and this Canelo stuff, which was dominating this somewhat slow week, there was one thing that plant came out and said, you know, we can trust sources, we can not trust sources, but when the fighter speaks, you have to take it with some type of validity. And plant is a straight shooter. I think that's one thing fans could, uh, you know, give him credit for. He says that there was a lot of uh, A-side demands from Canelo. He's cash cow, that's fine. One of them I took exception with, and I think a lot of fans, even if uh, you know they love Canelo, would also take exception with, and this is what Plant said, so you have to take it with a grain of salt or whoever you want to take it, is that if this fight falls out, whether it's COVID, whether it's an injury on Plant's side, Canelo can pick a late replacement and he could still wants the $40 million guarantee that supposedly has been negotiated out between Fox and, and Team Canelo. That seems a little... Absurd. I kind of agree there with with plan. Have you ever heard those types of language, that type of language in a contract? I have not. And let's be honest, that's a negotiation mm -hmm. type of thing you ask for. I think that anybody uh, that has any notion of reality understands that if the opponent that you seek to fight and to unify the division uh, for some reason is unable to perform, uh, you don't get to keep the money. 
the fight has to go through. And if you end up fighting a different opponent, you know, there, you know, depending on the level of that opponent, uh, there could be uh, an alter, an alteration to your, to your business side of the deal. So, you know, that, that seems to be a little bit much. Um, but again, as I stated, when we started the conversation, they're making the sausage. <laughs> this is one of those things where, you know, you can throw out a demand, you know, the headline, you know, making this up. Canelo demands $500 million. <laughs> it's the, it's like the first act. Yeah. They're going to try to come down, come down, come down. Later, they settle on 40 million. That's like a Good. big deal. So, uh, I, 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 listen, I've been through so many negotiations as a reporter covering them that on a scale of one to 10, Canelo, Caleb Plant, while it's a big time fight, obviously, I would rank it as like a five. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like Mayweather Pacquiao is, is 10, right? Yeah, you know, I, even like Canelo Mayweather or Mayweather against whoever or Oscar De La Hoya or Mike Tyson against mm -hmm. Mike Lewis. I covered those negotiations or, or any of those types of fights. So maybe it's my experience. And I'm sure if you ask some other of the, you know, talk to some other guys with, with a lot of experience. Talk to my boy Kevin Ioli, for example. <laughs> He's got a, a lot of experience covering. He's just one of the guys. Mm -hmm. I bet you he would say the same as I, which is, you know, it's not, I'm not saying you don't write about it, don't report about it, don't discuss it, but you don't get carried away. You don't lose your mind. You stay on an even keel. It is what it is. Like every, I always say this a million times to boxing fans, especially now in the social media days, stay calm. Don't get so bent out of shape. Let it play out, man. Let yeah. it out. Got to let it play out. You're right. It's a, it's, it's, there are a faction of fans that enjoy this. I'm not going to tell you to not enjoy it. I'm not going to tell you to enjoy it. That's part of being a boxing fan. It's more than just the fights in the ring, there's the drama outside of it. Some fans enjoy it. They like the negotiations. It all plays a role uh, in the sport. I do agree with that. But you take a look at it. Canelo has built up so much credit. He's built up so much equity as the pound-for-pound -pound guy, a guy that calls the shots, this, that, and the other. Go back to the other side of things. Caleb Plant does not have that luxury. This is now maybe the second or third negotiation he has come into with Canelo and all the ones did not work out, whether it was he didn't want to fight on, on short notice with whatever it was the case, the fights didn't happen. Now, if you, this doesn't happen. This fight, let's just say this fight doesn't happen. This doesn't not make Caleb Plant look good. Canelo can move on and, and fight, you know, a, a whole long list of, of opponents and but, fans but would, be, listen, would be happy with it. Shame on both sides if this fight doesn't happen. Exactly. There's no, no issues promotionally. Canelo is a free agent both promotionally as well as broadcast-wise. Uh, it's the biggest payday that Caleb Plant can make, period, by multiples of millions. Um, I don't think he's the, the hang-up in it, so I'm not blaming Caleb Plant by any means. But I'm just making the point that for the past, you know, year, uh, Canelo Alvarez has stated one thing. I want to be undisputed super middleweight champion. Here's the chance. Sometimes you have to leave a little something on the table to get what you really want. Mm -hmm. How much is it worth to him to be undisputed? He's, he's a great fighter. He's one of the best fighters of modern times. He's the pound for pound King. He's going to be in the hall of fame on the first ballot. He's done a lot of things. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. You're, you're still thought to be in your prime. You have an opportunity now to add a very, very, maybe the most significant element to your resume that you've ever had, which is to be undisputed, very difficult in the four belt era. And he's not doing it the easy way. He's going one by one through the weight class. So make a deal. Now, I understand you've got people that are there to handle your business and to, that maybe are smarter than you when it comes to the legalities and try to protect you in the future. And that's all well and good. But at some point, the fighter puts the foot down and says, make the fight. There's yeah. no reason why this fight isn't made. I agree. I 100% agree. And you have to give plant side 
or Caleb Plant, some credit here. A little bit. I always have respect for the guys. I think he's a straight shooter. And for him to come out and say the things he said yesterday, he's not just going to sit back and say, yes, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, you know, it is some absurd things in there. If that's true about the, you know, the late replacement, that's more of a PVC thing more than a plant thing. But there's, those go uh, hand in hand. Let's just say this fight doesn't happen and would not be shocked if it didn't happen. No, some not. other viable opponents for, for Canelo Alvarez, in your opinion. Well, I mean, if he's going to work with PBC, uh, I'm not sure he would if the plant fight doesn't happen, but they have opponents that, that I would think could uh, go in and fight him. Not necessarily in September. I was thinking like David Benavides, although he's scheduled to fight in, uh, in August. Uh, you know, if Charlo were to move from middleweight up to superweight, that's a, a viable fight if he decides to stick uh, with the zone and, and work again with Eddie Hearn. Certainly there is the prospect of if he decides to, he could still try to make a third fight with Triple G and call mm-hmm. him the weight class of his choosing. He could, you know, try to unify, uh, not unify, but rather fight um, uh, Demetrius Andrade, who's willing to move up in weight, um, who's been on, the reason I say his name is because he's been on the zone for the last several fights and is interested to fight as everybody in and around those weight classes are. So there there are opponents out there that beyond Caleb Plant, but you know, Caleb Plant is the one that makes the most sense. He's got the IBF title. He is undefeated. He's in the same weight class. It's the only belt Canelo yeah. doesn't have in that weight class. And by the way, it's a chance for Caleb Plant to get all the belts also. So <laughs> that's that's the one thing that no one brings up too in, in the matter is that Caleb Plant has a lot to gain here too, besides 10 million. For sure. I mean, and, and by the way, when you know, I don't know if 10 million is the actual number, but when I hear that number, that does not in any way sound unreasonable to me. Now keep in mind, if it goes on PBC, it's a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That the fighters have the opportunity if their people negotiate their contracts the right way to get a piece of the upside on whatever numbers the pay-per-view does get their guarantee but then if it does over a certain number of buys they they reap a reward on it yeah and it's canelo too so it's gonna you know it should do it should do well but now dan it's late july this fight we're getting close to this fight you know getting to a point where you know things have to happen in a big time pay-per-view promotion you got to talk about you know not to mention the drug testing has to be put in place all the things that go into a big pay-per-view it's almost six seven weeks away if it's not caleb plan we're getting into a situation where canelo is going to be selecting another opponent on short notice that's something that not a lot of people talk about everyone just wants to praise canelo all the time rightfully so but you know his last couple opponents have been short notice now we're starting to see some of his demands which you know, you're the cash cow. You, you can have those demands, but there is a, a, a time period where he has to make a decision. So I, I would assume in the next couple of days, we have to figure out who is he fighting because he wants to fight on that Mexican Independence Day weekend. Most definitely. I mean, I think they have a little bit of time left. I don't think it's as dire as you make it out to be, but it's it's getting close. They got to, you know, get their, get their ducks in a row. Uh, you know, I know he's had some opponents on short notice in the past, but you know, Billy Joe Saunders, who is his May opponent, was not a short notice opponent. That was something that was done uh, on a normal schedule that, you know, the Yildirim fight that took place prior to that in February, that was always going to be uh, the fight that he fought then uh, as the mandatory. So that again, maybe it was announced a little bit late, but it wasn't, it was, everybody knew that was the fight that was going to happen because he had, uh, you know, signed a contract saying he was going to do that fight. And, you know, they were going to get a quote unquote easy fight because he's been very, very active. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. They need to get their, their business tied up. And uh, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier on. I try not to get too, uh, been out of shape either way. I like to let these things play out. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not great. I enjoy the the uh, the aspect of discussing and talking about it. I just don't get too emotional about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, that's why you're one of the best in the biz. If the when the fight happens, you're there giving us the details. 
you know, you don't, you don't have to give it every step of the way. Let's switch over before we say goodbye. Let's switch over to another fight that is being discussed. More negotiations, Dan. It's Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter, WBO, coming out of seemingly nowhere to order this fight. Uh, I love it. I mean, I think it puts Terrence Crawford uh, back against the wall. Uh, he has to now, doesn't have any choice whether, well, he does have a choice. He can vacate his belt if he doesn't want to fight Porter. Uh, I think Porter would be uh, Crawford's best fight. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Every boxing fan that I've seen on social media and I've talked to wants to see this fight, but sadly, boxing fans are conditioned to see this fight won't happen. How's it going to fall apart? So I'm going to ask you, instead of how's this fight going to happen, how does this fight fall apart, Dan? Uh, because one thing I learned is that people can use reason and, and rationale about why things do or don't happen. And then you, when you cover boxing or you follow boxing, you report about boxing, you realize that, you know, every time an event happens or something goes on, you try to figure out, okay, why did this happen? And I've come to realize that sometimes people just do dumb stuff. And so it doesn't make any sense. So somebody involved in this particular fight could do something just that makes no sense or that's stupid just because without a, an actual reason now, and then it would fall apart. That said, I kind of suspect that this fight's going to happen. Um, Crawford's not going to willingly vacate his title. He worked too hard for it. And that's one of the big, uh, you know, pieces of, uh, of a cachet that he has in the sport that he is a, a welterweight champion. Um, and Sean Porter, I believe, you know, you know, Sean, we all know Sean, he wants to fight everybody. He's not looking to duck anybody. He never has. And I don't think he's about to start that. So it's not like he doesn't want this fight. Uh, he, he posted on his social media that how much he wanted the fight. Um, I spoke to Brian McIntyre, who was the manager and trainer uh, for Terrence Crawford, told me they definitely want this fight. Um, when I spoke to Bob Arum about it, you know, he wants to, you know, get down to business and, and, and talk with the PBC folks and see how they want to approach it. Um, so whether it's a top rank event, whether it's a PBC event, whether they do it as a joint pay-per-view the way they did Wilder uh, and, and Fury, uh, in the rematch, as well as the fight that's coming up in October, you know, I suspect that the fight will happen. It's a fight that, that, and as Bob said, you know, Crawford has not, he's excelled in the ring, but he hasn't excelled so far on pay-per-view, but because of the level of the opponent and the interest from the fans, this this fight has a chance to do well. And I agree with them. So if they, if they, uh, if everybody is not out of their minds with what they expect, um, they'll make a deal. And if it doesn't, then they'll go to a purse bid and may the best promoter with the biggest pocketbook win the fight. And we'll see it. I hope sometime this fall. It's a, it's a very good matchup, obviously. Oh, it's an intriguing matchup. And the only way, you know, Crawford can can back out is if, if he and he loses his belt. That's something that he really covets and something that you need these days. I know they say belts, the fans don't like the belts, but the fighters like the belts. They have no problems paying those sanctioning fees because it gets them bigger fights. We all want to see Spence versus Crawford. Uh, I'd like to see that if it, if it didn't have a, a, a belt or uh, or not. All right, Dan, I appreciate the time on here. One last thing, Yankees, do they make the playoffs or not? Absolutely not. (laughs) I'm done with them this season. We were there. We were there. Team CompuBox was there Saturday and Fenway. We have about three rows back for that wild comeback. That was my World Series. Like them coming back on Saturday, being that close to the field, that was my World Series. I don't care what happens here on out. I'm still going to watch. I've been a Yankee fan since the the 1970s when I was just a kid. And to me – uh, even living through those seasons in the terrible seasons of the of the 80s and the early 90s, this is the most disappointing season I can remember in, uh, you know, who knows how many years. Well, the thing is, there's a lot of Yankee haters out there watching, listening to this. They don't care. They're, laugh- they're laughing at us right now. They are loving our tears, but 
Appreciate it, Dan. You do great work. Go follow the Fight Freaks Unite newsletter. Get your schedule. Get your news. World Boxing News. Dan's doing some great stuff right now in boxing. Well, as always, I appreciate the time. We'll try to get you back on here again. Dan, thank you so much. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you.